Welcome to Health Hackers episode 17. I'm Gemma Evans. I'm a broadcast journalist here in the UK. And this is my series devoted to getting inside the minds of unique and pioneering figures in health and wellness right now. My guest today is Michaela Peterson. Hi, Michaela. Hi. Thanks for having me. For those of you who might not already know of Michaela, she's recently got a lot of people talking about all meat diets. That's because Michaela credits eating only beef and a little bit of salt for getting rid of her arthritis, depression, and chronic fatigue. She's fast becoming one of the best known names in the growing carnivore diet movement. And her dad, famous psychologist, Jordan Peterson, is also following the diet because he believes it's improved his own health issues, including severe depression. Michaela, welcome. Great to have you here. Um, from what I've read about you, it's obvious to me that you have found a lifestyle, a way of eating that, although controversial, works for you. And part of the reason I set up Health Hackers, this podcast, was to be able to hear from unique individuals with sometimes unconventional stories who have hacked their health. So to begin with, I really want my lovely listeners and viewers to get a sense of how you came to be at this point, eating an all beef diet, because from what I understand, it wasn't just because you're a big meat fan. You were really no, sick no. as a child and then events happened and it, it led to this point. Tell us about that. So I was, I was diagnosed with arthritis when I was seven. So like severe chronic juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. And then I just had health issues stack up on top of that, which is fairly common for people with autoimmune disorders. But I was diagnosed with depression in grade five. I was put on antidepressants, which did improve things. I was on immune suppressants. And then I started getting this fatigue when I was about 14. And then when I was 17, I ended up with a hip and an ankle replacement from the arthritis. So it was very severe arthritis. And then around 19... My fatigue started to get worse, and then I started getting skin like rashes, um, cystic acne. That just got worse till I was about 22. Um, and so I started researching because I was going to dermatologist. The skin thing really bothered me. Like the arthritis was bad, the depression was bad, but as soon as it got to my skin, I was like, oh, now it's like, now whatever's wrong with me is visible, and it's that's just so much worse. So I started going to dermatologists and they were absolutely no help. Like I was put on antibiotics, which helped probably was really not a good idea, but it did help. Um, anyway, I started researching and researching and I finally came across this rash that I was getting, um, which is common in people with celiac disease. It's called dermatitis herpetiformis and it's this itchy blistering rash. And it, that was exactly what I had. So I cut out gluten instantly. And it kind of helped-ish, maybe like 20% in this, that summer. So that was summer 2015. Um, and then I decided to give an elimination diet a try. And I went down to, I, have, I had no idea what I was doing. I kind of went down to rice because I thought nobody's allergic to rice. <laughs> rice, um, like meat and vegetables. And I cut out like fruit and dairy and soy and processed foods and sugar. And in the next month, my arthritis was way better. My skin finally healed, and it was the first time it had healed in like years. And I went down three pant sizes, but I only lost about five pounds. So it was like all bloating, which I didn't know that I was even experiencing. And so after that, um, I tried to reintroduce foods one at a time. 
And like I said, I didn't know what I was doing. So the first thing I tried to reintroduce was Sour Patch Candy because I was having severe sugar cravings from getting rid of all sugar. And I didn't, I didn't realize that that's what it was. It was just like, I'm really in the mood for candy. Um, and I ended up, you know, it was sugar free. It was soy free and dairy free and gluten free. So I figured nobody's allergic to sugar. And I didn't really know about this whole community of like keto, paleo, like all that. I wasn't aware of that. So I introduced that and I got itchy from like my head to my toe, super itchy, like mosquito bites itchy. Um, so I thought, okay, that's not a good idea. That happened like the next day. So for the next year, I tried to reintroduce foods and I suffered from really horribly severe food reactions, which I hadn't thought I was experiencing before because my symptoms were always pretty stable. Like I was always depressed. I was always exhausted and my joints always hurt and they didn't really go up and down. So I didn't realize what I was experiencing were constant food reactions. So for the next year, I like went in and out of these like having an autoimmune disorder and then having all my symptoms fade away. And so eventually I gave up and decided not to reintroduce any more foods. So at this point I was eating basically like a couple of fruit, meat and vegetables and coconut oil, apple cider vinegar, like a pretty much the autoimmune protocol, but more restrictive. And then I got pregnant and my autoimmune symptoms flared again, even on that really restrictive diet. So at that point I was eating 25 foods and they were all, you know, now that I know they're all super safe foods, but my autoimmune symptoms came back more like more minor than they had been when I was eating a standard diet, but they were still there. And so for the next year, I slowly cut down on fruit and then I cut out sweet potatoes because I could tell my reactions were worse when I was eating like carbier foods. Um, and then after my daughter was born, the autoimmune symptoms still didn't go away because I thought maybe they were associated with the pregnancy. So maybe they would lift after the pregnancy stopped. They still didn't go away. And so in December 2017, I kind of out of like desperation, I was Googling being allergic to everything except for meat. And then I came across a couple of people who had been doing a all meat diet for like one person who'd been doing it for decades, Charlene Anderson. And she was using it to deal with her Lyme disease. So I, I, I looked at her story and then I found Sean Baker on Joe Rogan, who'd been doing just beef for two years. And I thought, okay, well, if it doesn't, if it doesn't kill you, I'm just going to give it a try because I seem to be reacting to everything. And so then I switched over. And about a couple of weeks later, after some fairly unpleasant like adaptation, it's kind of like, kind of got something like the keto flu, but just from dropping salad. I was literally just eating meat and salad. I dropped the salad and I went through something that was kind of like the keto flu for a couple of weeks. And then my arthritis and the skin itching, so some of the autoimmune stuff started to clear up. And then about six weeks later, my mood started to lift and things have just been getting better since then. So how long have you been just beef only? So I started just meat in December and then in January I went to just beef. And I did that because I could tell that eating beef made me feel better than eating chicken. I was basically just eating chicken and beef. And are you still on, I'm imagining you used to have to take a lot of medication for all the health. Oh yeah. I, yeah, I was on a lot. I was on, um, 
like biologics. So I was on Enbrel and methotrexate for arthritis and I was taking Tylenol 3 every night because I had uh, the arthritis in my shoulders. So to sleep on my shoulders, I was taking Tylenol 3. I was taking Adderall for the chronic fatigue and then I was taking just an over-the-counter like gravel to sleep at night because the Adderall was so intense during the day. And then I was taking um, Ciprolex, an antidepressant. And I was taking Dapzone occasionally for this horrible rash, which is a really intense antibiotic. And I was taking minocycline, which is a different type of antibiotic. I was on a lot of medication. I actually stopped taking those when I went low carb because the low carb helped uh, resolve so many of my symptoms. And then I was so happy to be off of all the medication that even when I was experiencing these reactions, I was like, I'm not going back to that. I can figure this out. So yeah, I've been off of them for almost three years. So you're not taking any medication now at all? No, nothing. Wow. So to clarify for listeners, is it the elimination of all of those other foods that you believe has, has worked the magic or is it something special about beef? I, I have no idea. Like I thought when I listened to Sean Baker, I thought, okay, well, the reason that this diet is working for people is because they just end up coincidentally eliminating all the foods that are bothering them. Like they get rid of sugar, they get rid of grain, they get rid of soy, they get rid of dairy, maybe depending on the diet. Um, maybe that's what makes them feel better. But I was still reacting to like the salad I was eating, which was apples, like all organic. So it wasn't a pesticide thing. So it was um, like olive oil, apple cider vinegar, salt, pepper, and lettuce at that point. It was like hardly anything and olives. Um, so a very limited salad I was still reacting to. So in February, like once most of my symptoms kind of cleared up, I tried to reintroduce olives, which I realize are a fruit, but they're still like extremely, extremely low sugar. And it was organic olives in olive oil. There's nothing to them. And I had them for about three days. And then I got lower back pain. And then my skin started to break out. And then my depression came back. And then my arthritis came back. So that was about it. And it was minor in comparison to some of the food reactions I've had before. But it was still there. And my mood dipped, which was the most frustrating symptom. Um, so I don't think it's a coincidence that you just eliminate the foods that like that bug you. I don't know what it is. I like I guess my theory right now which would literally just a theory would be maybe we've evolved to eat a very high meat diet and this is just what works. And then for some reason some people have lost like obviously I shouldn't be sensitive enough that if I eat like a green leaf of something I have an autoimmune disorder. So there's obviously something wrong probably microbiome related to me. But I think maybe people are just meant to eat a high meat diet and some people are more sensitive than other people. Yeah, it's really interesting hearing you talk about that. We'll, we'll come onto the microbiome a bit later because I wanted to get your thoughts on something on that. And I know that you are very open about how unusual your diet is. I think you've even said it sounds absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, and that there isn't medical evidence to support it. But I wondered, what has been the biggest struggle in the wider scheme of things? Because it sounds like the actual diet itself has been straightforward for you. So is, it the, is there a struggle with the antisocial nature of it or maybe the criticism that you face? Um, so actually, funnily enough, when I went to this low-carb diet, so I was eating like just to give a rundown, it was basically green vegetables. 
um, sweet potatoes, parsnips, turnips, and then meat. And going out socially, eating those things was weirder than it is now because I'd have to order, like I'd, I wouldn't be able to find a salad that had like the right ingredients because I wasn't eating tomatoes. I wasn't eating peppers. Like if there was mustard in there, I wasn't eating it. So it was actually more awkward going out, trying to order vegetables that didn't have vegetable oil on them, like all those, all those things. Now that it's just beef, I can go to a steakhouse and say, and it's still weird and awkward, but I can say, look, like literally nothing on the steak. I just want the steak. But that's a pretty straightforward order. So well, you'd, you'd think, but you know, I, so I have a severe nut think. allergy. I have a severe nut allergy. And most occasions when I've had allergic reactions in restaurants, it's been because of some kind of accidental nuts yeah. getting into the sauces, right? It's always the yeah. sauces or the dressings. Yes. So for safety, I always say, oh, could I have the sauce on the side? Or can I just have it with plain olive oil? Or actually, can I just have the meat with no sauce? And, yeah. um, and usually it's fine. Although, uh, we were, we were in Texas recently and I found it really hard to get oh, me Texas is hard without, uh, even if, even if they did give it to me without a sauce, it would have a rub on it. And yeah, at, at least in the restaurants we ate in anyway, you know, I don't want to be mean to every restaurant in Texas, but it, I found it really tricky. So yeah. I can imagine that must be tough for you, but other, other places like LA was fine. I feel like in LA, they used to all kinds of dietary preferences. Yeah. Yeah. So Toronto is pretty good. But like that being said, I generally don't eat out. Like it's safer not to eat out. And the last couple of times, like it's also, it's not like every 30 times I go out, they'll mess up. It's like every six times. So it's not really worth the risk. The last time I went out, um, I didn't order for myself, which was a mistake. So I came in after the food had been ordered and they brought the steak out and I, thought about asking them and then thought, nah, it's fine. It doesn't look like there's anything on it. And then it turned out they'd added pepper, which does bother me. So, so I ate most of the steak without realizing there was pepper on it because there wasn't much pepper. And then I tasted the pepper and freaked out. Fortunately, the reactions, like that reaction was very, very minor compared to other things like trying to reintroduce soy for instance mm -hmm. but, yeah, what, would, what would happen if you ate something and you were like oh my god it that steak had a marinade on and now i've had a mouthful and i oh god what's what would happen next in terms of physical symptoms well it depends so if it's sugar uh i can feel it right away and i get this kind of like head dizziness but something more well it's not even more minor if it's not sugar it takes a it can take up to like four days depending on how like minor the reaction is. It seems the more minor the reaction is, the longer it takes for me to notice it. Um, so if it's a mouthful of something right now, I haven't really had a bad reaction since I switched over to meat just because I've stopped reintroducing foods. And if I get hit with something, it's very minor amount. But what'll happen is first I'll get, my legs will get itchy. Depending on how bad it is, my whole body can get itchy, but it's like definitely my legs. Um, and then I'll get lower back pain and the lower back pain will generally happen at the same time as my mood dips. So I'll get like weepier and brain foggy, uh, and really anxious, especially in the mornings. Um, I'll get body odor. So I'm sure my body's trying to get rid of something. Um, my digestion will get messed up. So I'll have diarrhea generally, and then my skin will break out and then I'll get arthritis. 
And the fatigue generally doesn't come back. So I think that was just from my body being totally overloaded. But generally the fatigue doesn't come back, but everything else does. How have your family or how, how did your family react to you doing this kind of self-experimentation? Because your dad must come from a very kind of scientific way of thinking, being a psych- psychologist. Like you'd think that he, you know, did he suggest, well, there isn't enough evidence for this, Michaela? Or what happened with that when you introduced not, it? Not really. So I switched over to like very restrictive low carb and that was mostly with my mom's help. So she was like, buy organic, like we'll buy your groceries because I was in university and I was like, I'm not spending extra money on organic food. I'm only doing this if like I get some help here. So mom helped me. Um, and then I noticed it working. And then the changes in me were so dramatic that there wasn't very much to argue with. Like I went from this, the fatigue, I went from sleeping like 18 hours a day and taking 40 milligrams of Adderall in the morning to not being tired. And I'd never not been tired. It'd been like a decade of sleeping like that. So dad's, and then my depression lifted and I stopped taking my antidepressants, which I'd never been able to do before. So when those two things happened um, and the bloating went down, so I looked different as well, it was hard to say, oh, well, there's not enough evidence. So at that point, dad, I was like, you should give this a try. And he basically said, well, yeah, it seems to be doing something for you. It was pretty, it was pretty evident. I was off of immune suppressants for arthritis like I just stopped taking all my medication and I was recovering so there wasn't a like initially dad was really against diet but but we tried diets and nothing had helped like I tried to cut out sugar when I was a kid just like little changes like that and nothing had made any difference so he was skeptical but the changes were too great to be that skeptical did you go back to a doctor or have you been to a doctor and said, Hey, guess what? I'm totally fine. And it's cause I'm only eating beef. And if you did, what, what did they say? How have they reacted? So my rheumatologist so like part of the problem with rheumatologists, at least here is they're so overworked that you don't get very much time with them. So I've explained like my rheumatologist knows that I'm off my medication. I told him after I went off cause I was worried you can get fired as a patient here if you don't listen to your doctor. So I didn't tell him initially, but I went off and then I said, well, I've been off for like a year. And he was like, oh, okay, that's weird. But then, and then I said, look, I think I didn't actually explain the beef diet. I told him I had cut out fruit and sugar. This was when I was doing low carb. And I said, you know, sugar seems to be giving me arthritis. And his response, like he had, um, well, his response was, well, maybe you have psoriatic arthritis, which, which flares up, right? And I said, okay, but it flares up when I eat sugar. Like it's not, it's gone, but when I eat sugar, it comes back. And I, he, he's been like, he's, you know, 65 and he's been doing this for so long. I don't think he could understand or even fathom that that was a possibility. So that was my rheumatologist. And then my, uh, my general practitioner has been really good for how weird this is. Like he's been skeptical, but at the beginning he was like, well, we know that people don't really need grain. Like they can survive without grain. So he was okay with me cutting out grain. And then he was a bit, he didn't really know what to think when I was like, I'm having these reactions to like soy, to almonds. Although it turns out I do have a nut allergy, which just popped up during this whole thing. But, um, he was a little bit w- weirded out about the f- 
the food like reintroductions and how I had been experiencing those. But then recently I told him I went to all beef and he was, he was more concerned about that than the low carb diet. He said, well, I'd feel a lot more comfortable if you'd reintroduce some fruit and vegetables. And I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. And so we kind of just, that was, that was kind of the end of the conversation. He was like, well, maybe nothing will happen for a while. I don't know. It just makes me uncomfortable. He's been pretty good though. But I haven't got any, like, obviously there isn't any support. People don't even know you can do this without getting scurvy and dying. Yeah. On that note, for listeners, uh, Michaela isn't suggesting you will quit your meds. Uh, We're not giving out any medical advice here on Health Hackers. It's just about Michaela's personal story. Can I talk about gut health? Because, um, and your story there reminded me of gut health, actually, because I I found... um, a really potent probiotic helped clear a dermatitis that I had had for three years. What and, was the um, probiotic? It was a kefir. It was a goat's milk kefir from a farm oh. in Wales over here. And like you, I had been on antibiotics for about three years. And like you, because it was on my face, it, it felt so much worse. And I oh was my God, yeah. TV presenter, TV journalist and caking makeup on to cover it up. And, uh, I had nothing to lose. And when I tried this kefir, which I originally started buying because I wanted to replenish my gut microbiome because of the damage I had done with antibiotics for the skin, I didn't realize that the kefir could potentially actually help my skin. And I still have no proof that it did. However, after 16 weeks, the rash vanished. This was every morning on an empty stomach. Wow. And um, it's never come back been over a year and so initially I was really skeptical and then I told my dermatologist and I actually had butterflies when I was telling her because I thought yeah yeah she's gonna be like what I don't think so um but she was actually really open-minded and said yeah I can believe it we're learning a lot more about gut health now and I was like oh wow oh this is interesting. that's nice which kind of then made me believe uh what had happened to me even more because I was like well if she thinks it could be a possibility then maybe this stuff has worked. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, on with, with the gut health. Um, so with that rash I mentioned, okay, so I was in ketosis for about four years, various reasons. I'd had problems with sugar levels as uh, when I was younger. But um, as you know, it's a very high-fat, low-carb diet. And during that time, because my diet was less varied, I mean, it wasn't meat only. Uh, I did eat some low-carb green veg. But um, – I wondered if my gut bacteria diversity suffered somewhat because, and again, I've got no proof, but when I developed that chronic dermatitis on my face, it was during the time I was in ketosis. Oh, wow. And then, and then when it seemed to be remedied by this kefir drink, it made me wonder, had I had my ketogenic diet, like narrowed my gut diversity and then like triggered the dermatitis in, you know, the gut skin connection, that kind of. Uh, relationship but I don't know and I just wonder with you have you looked into the probiotic effects or or your gut health or have you done a gut microbiome test yeah so so first my theory was okay there are maybe there are a bunch of foods that are really bugging me um, and I have a whole bunch of gut damage like physical gut damage from eating those foods and then I was also born through c-section I was breastfed but there's still the C-section thing. I got 
a really terrible strep infection when I was under the year of one and I was put on antibiotics and then I got thrush really badly. I knew I had some sort of candida problem. It was probably a microbiome problem. So, and there was probably gut damage and I probably had celiac disease. So there were like a whole bunch of things and I thought, okay, I could just heal my gut and then maybe I'll be able to reintroduce some foods or I won't have these horrible reactions every time I eat them. So I tried a whole bunch of different types of probiotics. Um, I started off with like a way too high a dose and these were just oral probiotics. It wasn't um, kefir and I couldn't tolerate dairy at all. I tried to reintroduce that and just had just having horrible reactions. So I was really worried about drinking some sort of even goat's milk. I just, just avoiding any type of like animal milk, even if it was fermented. Um, so I wasn't tolerating it, tolerating any probiotics and I did this for about a year. So then I decided, okay, I'll make my own sauerkraut because I was, I could kind of tolerate, like I couldn't do white cabbage, but I could do red cabbage. And I knew that if you fermented it, then most of the sugar is gone. So it was like a low sugar fermented red cabbage sauerkraut. So I made that and every time I had it, I would react, but it wasn't like a food reaction. It was slightly different. So I'd get itchy again and my mood would spike. So I tried doing that a lot and I did that quite a bit during my pregnancy because I was like, need to get my microbiome figured out before I have this baby. Um, so, so far I, I've given up. I don't do anything for that anymore. But I tried reintroducing a whole bunch of different probiotics, like one at a time. I tried the sauerkraut. Um, I tried even taking like a baby probiotic and I found these probiotics that are pure, like I'd, I'd empty out the capsule sometimes. So there was nothing added and no carbs added or anything. I tried taking like just dipping my finger, just like the tiniest bit on my finger to try and take some. I can't seem to tolerate any. And I think that's either, maybe that's physical gut damage and it's just, I just can't do it yet. Uh, I'm not sure, but I did go down the probiotic route and I just reacted to them. Like they made my skin worse every time I, I tried it, I would break out. So I've just given up on that. And I'm hoping after like, I don't know how long it would take to heal whatever was wrong with me. I never actually did a colonoscopy or anything to see. So that's unfortunate, but oh, microbiome tests. I did do microbiome tests. So I did a microbiome test because my mom was really into this stuff before I was into it. She was like, get your, and I'd been on antibiotics so many times. She tried to give me probiotics and I'd had like almost a Herxheimer reaction from them. So I took one probiotic and then it was like 45 minutes later and I was on the verge of throwing up nauseous. My mom was like, well, that's not good because <laughs> she could take them fine. So I did a microbiome test then and it was fairly normal. There were a couple of strains that I probably shouldn't have had, but nothing was like blatantly wrong. And I was really sick. So it didn't seem that important. Um, Candida was present. So that was that microbiome test. Then I did a microbiome test on my like meat and greens diet basically. And the bacteria that I, the strains that I shouldn't have had were gone. The Candida was gone. And then everything else was there, but probably in lower quantities than they should have been. So it was less diverse. So switching over to low carb definitely got rid of some things. But for me, it got rid of the problematic things. But I was still reacting. So then I went to the beef diet and 
all the bacteria that they te- like half of the bacteria they test for survive off of carbs. Those are gone now. So I, I'm going to put those up on my blog, the results up on my blog, because right now it looks like I have a very like non-diverse. I'm going to test it from another company as well, just to mm-hmm. get a couple of tests done. But right now it's like anything carb eating is gone and my symptoms are gone. So I don't know if that has anything to do with each other or if it's a coincidence, but yes, I definitely have a less diverse microbiome than I did initially, but that, that's just- Which could mean the next time you eat carbs, whether it's accidental or a reintroduction, you could react potentially even worse if you haven't got yeah. the, the gut microbes there that are ready to handle carbs. Yeah, yeah. Um, I bet you have a lot of people who badger you for proof that you're healthy. Now you took some blood tests recently, didn't you? Tell us about yeah. what, what did they say? So I got, um, I got just a normal panel run by my GP. So that was, and that wasn't because I was particularly interested, but because people are worried about vitamin deficiencies and cholesterol and whatever else. So I got that done. Everything on that test was normal. So they tested cholesterol was normal. And unfortunately I don't, I'm young. I don't have a previous cholesterol test, um, but I do have previous vitamin tests, which I also had tested. And since I was a kid, my vitamin D levels and my zinc levels have always been low. And zinc shouldn't really be an issue on an all beef diet, but I had them tested during my low carb like phase. Um, and my vitamin D and zinc were still low. I was actually supplementing them at the time and my B vitamins were all low except for B12. So that was a change. When I went to low carb, my B vitamins dropped coincidence or not. I don't know. Um, but now that I'm on this beef diet, my B vitamins are, have all recovered. My zinc and my vitamin D3 are still low, but other than like, those are the only things that have showed up abnormal. Magnesium's normal, cholesterol's normal. Oh, the other interesting thing that it showed is my white blood cell count was always elevated. Um, and now it's not at all. So that's a really and good that would, And a uh, raised white blood cell count, uh, I'm, I'm not a doctor, but I'm saying this because I've personally had that in my readings before. It can, it can potentially mean like a level of information, like an infection, couldn't it? Like, yeah, they look at it as a marker of infection, but I didn't have an infection. But yeah, my white blood cells were always high and now they're not. So that was a really, like, that was nice to see. So normal blood results. Okay. So do you, do you think that you'll ever try and begin reintroducing foods that have made you feel, you say like really bad, the ones that have had the worst effects? Do you think you'll ever try testing yourself with those by trying them out again one day? God, not those ones. Like the ones that have been the worst for me. Dairy was really bad for me. Um, Soy was really bad. I'm allergic to nuts, so I'm not doing that again. That was very unpleasant. <laughs> um, I'm not going to get grains. So a whole bunch of them, no. I don't need those, and I, I'm not interested. Um, other ones, I don't know. For the foreseeable future, no. I don't have any cravings, and I'm totally happy not having an autoimmune disorder and being able to think clearly. So, well, and I don't have any cravings. So I don't have any like yearn to eat those, but probably like I'm pretty curious. So probably in a number of years when I think, okay, maybe I've healed whatever was wrong, 
maybe I'll try. But then, like you said, my microbiome's changed. So right now I have like a carnivorous microbiome. I don't have those carb digesting bacteria anymore. So it would have to be a process. I don't know. It's hard to say what I'll do like 10 years from now. Yeah, I, I mean, I can sympathize with the view of being reluctant to reintroduce things. I, um, I had health issues, health issues as a child, nothing like the severity of yours, certainly not. But I had a lot of anxiety and um, yeah. my mom took me to a nutritionist and they advised me to get off sugar. This was like back in the 90s. Wow. I was a complete sugar addict as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, uh, credit to my mom, she took me to a hypnotherapist to quit sugar. So I haven't, wow. I believe I haven't eaten cake since 1998. Um, wow, that was probably good. <laughs> but because I, I feel like I don't get on with sugary foods well, uh, because I have been eating them all this time. I mean, you know, there are things that are naturally sweet, which I have eaten, obviously, in my life. But it's just like the obvious added sugars that I yeah. to avoid. Um, but because I don't really feel um, particularly attracted to those foods, I have no interest in reintroducing them. Although I guess, I guess someone could argue that you reintroducing vegetables might have more benefits than me starting to eat sugar <laughs> again. But you know, we're all different. No, but it, but I, it's kind of like that, right? Like I was really horribly ill and then I got better and then my pregnancy came and it came back and it was almost more frustrating to have it come back than it was to have it in the first place. Because I was like, I got rid of it and now I don't know why it's back and all I'm eating is meat and vegetables. Like this is ridiculous. So yeah, there isn't much yearn. Plus the reactions when I get them to, when I reintroduce things and it goes badly are so unpleasant and they last so long that I don't care. And I'm totally used to eating like this now, which sounds strange, but the cravings really just are gone. Yeah. So yeah, there's not much, it's going to take years for me to want to reintroduce something. Yeah, no, I, I, people say to me, Oh my God, how can you not eat chocolate? One person actually said to me, you must like chocolate. You're a woman, you're a girl. And I was yeah. like, I, and honestly, I don't crave chocolate. I don't ever want to eat chocolate. I just, I, I mean, I don't hate it. I just, I've never, I just don't feel a desire to ever eat it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 the desires go on. Well, foods instead. Um, now, I want to talk to you. I want to address some of the issues brought up by your critics because there are, of course, those who say that this carnivorous diet is potentially dangerous. And uh, some people have criticized you for because you're selling dietary consultations and, you know, and you're not a qualified nutritionist or dietitian. And then you've got those worried about the potential lack of fiber and nutrients in your diet. Do you have sympathy for where they're coming from oh yeah for sure if i had come across like some of the even some of the people i follow now like um well rob wolf to name one but in that like sphere um are known as, i mean rob wolf is more that's that seems okay nowadays but like i've been looking into like alternative health for maybe like 10 years. And 10 years ago, a lot of those people were known as quacks and I wrote them off and was angry about it because I thought, um, these are people taking advantage of sick people who are really trying to look for some help. And then there are these people offering advice that's wrong. And so that, that made me angry. So I've been on the other side. I mean, I never came across something as ridiculous sounding as a beef diet when I was looking <laughs> into all this like 10 years ago. 
but I can understand where the anger comes from because I was weirdly angry about it. Like my mom was always buying organic food and I was like, why are you wasting money on organic food? There's no scientific proof that it's better than any other type of food. Um, and like going into health stores made me angry. I don't, I think it was because I was so desperate and nothing was working that I was really mad at anything that, that would, I don't know, infer that it would help. Um, so I can understand where people are coming from for sure. How do you respond to the people that, that say you shouldn't be selling dietary advice because you're not a nutritionist? Well, so most of what I do in the consults are people generally have already decided to try. Generally it's the carnivore diet. So they're looking mostly for cooking advice. They don't know how much they're supposed to eat. Like, because your appetite changes when you get rid of all this sugar too. So some people aren't hungry. So they're like, then I can tell them, well, you're not eating enough. Or So most of it's pretty simple, like how to cook meat without oil. Or, <laughs> and, and I think a lot of them just want, are, are people who were sick and just want to talk to somebody who was also sick. And so that's mostly what I'm doing with the consults. Um, as for like becoming a nutritionist or anything, I don't really like, I don't know why I would, um, just because the nutrition, at least in Canada, the nutrition guidelines are so upside down that I want, I don't, I don't understand why learning that people still need to eat grain is useful. Like that didn't help me. I went to see nutrition. I think a lot of people tolerate grains, but I know that I know what you mean about the kind of food pyramids having kind of been set in their way for a while. And I know that here in the UK, there are certainly um, some leading experts trying to get that pyramid changed. Yeah, and at least yeah, here too. Did somewhat. Um, but here's a question: So, does it worry you at all? Because, and I'm asking this because I'm generally a worrier um, that someone could follow your advice and then they end up getting sick, but it might have nothing to do with eating all beef. And then they're like, this is Michaela Peterson's fault because she told me, she said I should eat this way. And now I've got X, Y, Z illnesses. So uh, I'm going to sue her. Like, do you ever worry about scenarios like this? Yeah. So I actually went to see a lawyer because I, well, yes because I was worried about that. So I have like a waiver for whatever use that is that just says, this is not nutritional advice. Like take everything with a grain of salt. And when I'm talking to people, I mean, I don't say stop taking your medications, obviously, because that's a terrible idea. (laughs) Um, I generally say, look, when I did this, this is what I experienced. So I'm pretty careful about this is what happened to me. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people now, so I have a whole bunch of, it's all anecdotal, obviously, but I have a whole bunch of other people's experiences that I know of now too. But I'm pretty careful, like, if you switch over the first month is terrible, basically. Like, I, I, and I try not to upsell it. I don't know. It's like, it's a fine line because people were asking, you know, can I talk to you? And I didn't do that for a really long time. Um. So I don't know. It's hard to say. I'll keep doing it for now. It seems to be helping people. Like I haven't seen, I mean, there are a couple of people who haven't, there's this like transition period when you transition over and it's kind of like 
the keto diet. So you get a, some people get worse. Some people are fine, but some people get worse. And so then if you stick it out for two weeks and you stop right in the middle of when it's bad and you're craving sugar and life isn't good, then the diet doesn't seem like a good idea. But it, yeah, and, and on the uh, legal note, everybody, please do not sue me or Health Hackers because uh, Health Hackers is also not issuing medical or dietary advice here or anywhere. Um, I want to just talk to you about your gorgeous baby who I've seen on your Insta feed. So now when you were pregnant with her, you mentioned that you were, you were eliminating certain foods. So was there a point where you were like, Oh God, I've got someone growing inside me. So should I just like resort to my old way of eating and just see what happens or Um, safety? No, there was never like resort to my old way of eating because I was so sick and I'd experienced such severe reactions from trying to reintroduce. Like my old way of eating was high carb standard American diet. It was not a good diet. So there was never resort to that. I was concerned about nutrients for sure, which is why I did vitamin testing. I actually did vitamin infusions throughout the pregnancy because I was only eating, well, at the beginning I was eating fruit as well and sweet potatoes and things. But by the end, I was just eating meat and salad. And I thought, you know, I typed in all the nutrients into one of those calculators you can get. And it was pretty good. But I was doing weekly or bi-weekly vitamin infusions just in case. And my B vitamins were low, which was concerning. Um, And I wanted to make sure I had enough folate and everything. So I was doing vitamin infusions. But no, I never wanted to switch back. And I was pretty healthy, like, and the pregnancy was going really well, other than these, like, autoimmune symptoms I'd had. But like I said, they weren't as bad as what I'd been suffering from before. They were just annoying. But no, I never wanted to switch back. But I was concerned. And, and with your baby now, um, as she gets older, will you be keeping her on all beef or will you be introducing other lower-carb foods? Yeah. So what we're doing right now um, – so right now she's had sweet potatoes. Oh, she's, she's 13 months. Yeah. So she really likes eating meat. Um, I just finished breastfeeding actually um, in the last week. So she's transitioned over to food. So that's, well, that, that happened anyway. Um, we've given her carrots and parsnips and sweet potatoes. Um, and I think I'm going to try some green, I don't know. She doesn't like them as much as she likes meat, which I think is pretty normal for a baby to like spit out vegetables. But yeah, I think what we're going to do is something more. I'm always going to keep her diet high in meat because I think that's best, but we're going, I mean, I can't keep her with this forever. Plus I'm not sure about the microbiome changes and I don't want to do something wrong. So we're doing probably going to do something that's kind of paleo ketogenic. Mm-hmm slowly, really slowly, because I had like, when I was a kid, we did some food introductions before I was two, like strawberries. And I ended up with a full body rash. Like, and so just slowly reintroduce things and monitor her mood, but I'm not going to keep her on all beef. I guess you're kind of doing the same, same with you. You've got to see how things go step by step every day, because God help you. If you suddenly start reacting to beef, 
Oh, yeah. I think it's very, I know. I was really concerned about that at the beginning, especially because the first month was pretty weird just eating beef. And I was getting dizzy sometimes. And I was like, oh my God, now I'm reacting to everything and I'm just sick. Like, that's just my baseline. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. I really hope it's not. But yeah, day by day. But things seem to be improving still. But I'm going to be more careful. Like, it's testing things out on myself is fine. But I think I'll do like paleo, keto, something like that for her. Michaela, thank you so much for chatting to me about your incredibly unique and fascinating story. I really wish you all the best with your continued good health. Um, can you tell us where people can find you on social media? Yeah, uh, I have a blog. It's michaelapeterson.com. Uh, the blog's called Don't Eat That. So you can Google that as well. Uh, I'm, I'm on Instagram. That's Michaela Peterson. And I have a Facebook page, also Michaela Peterson. Fantastic. Thank you. Listeners and viewers, if you like this episode of Health Hackers, I would love it if you left me a nice review on iTunes or SoundCloud. And you can follow every episode at healthhackers.uk or on my socials, which are Twitter at Gemma Evans, Instagram at Health Hacker Gemma, and Facebook at Gemma Evans Broadcaster. Until next time on Health Hackers, bye bye, everyone.